Hello and welcome to our next community segment. I'm Anthony Smith and I'm here with the one, the only, the speedster and busy man, Thomas Watson, host of Loaded and Rolling and expert in so many things in the supply chain and logistics. Thomas, of course, we have to talk about your upcoming show and all about what's going on with it. So tell us about your next episode of Loaded and Rolling. It was like deja vu. I just yeah. got from one wall to the other. We're just, that was we're, a four, we're four, four flight if I've ever seen it. <laughs> Uh, so, Loaded and Rolling, the television uh, show, you can find it uh, still on tv.fairways.com every Tuesday at 1 p.m. And what we talked about, uh, got to interview Brittany Trailer with Trailer Transpo, owner-operator for five years. In 2020, she decides that she wants to start a brokerage, uh, which is, uh, you know, asset, no assets. And then as she's growing it, she realizes, well, being a broker is not really enough. I need to bring in extra cash flow. So she starts her own trucking company as well. So we call that in the business as dual authority, where a carrier both has assets and a brokerage. Really hard to pull off, by the way, because it's hard enough to do one of them right. And she managed, it was a really great interview. Check it out. Uh, she Not only does she manage to do both, but she's growing her fleet. And one of the cool things is specialization. Yeah, and so that's huge because you think about 2020, of course, it wasn't a normal time in freight, and now it's still not a normal time. So definitely someone that, you know, she was a former owner-operator, is that right? And Correct. So if you've been in the space, I think that really kind of helps you know and understand how to navigate different freight environments. And so I can only imagine that's been a huge uh, grace for her of having that experience, that knowledge. When you're looking at that specialization, what does she really operate in? So it's really fun. A lot of carriers, one thing in the interview she noted was that during the, the rise, it was like a gold rush, but everyone did dry van. She does specialized power only and open deck, which is your flatbed uh, and various types of things. Your step deck, your gooseneck, your removing you know, RGN, all that fun special stuff in terms of equipment type. And, and so what th one thing she noted was when I asked her is like, well, you know, everyone's doing drive in, I can't set myself apart. And if the market turns or if something happens, I may be in a worse spot. So building relationships and using the ability to say, look, not only am I going to these conferences, not only am I working on my branding and I'm building this brokerage using my experience, but I'm also going to hire on drivers. And she's making kind of a hybrid model. She, she has some owner operators and she has some employees. But one thing she did mention that I really liked was she wants them all to eventually own their own business and become an owner operator. But she views her role as helping them succeed because she's done it for five years. And so it's really cool because they're allowing and they're empowering owner operators. When a lot of stuff in trucking, by the way, you hear it all the time on the media and you hear it in commercials. Uh, they just want you to get your authority, but they don't really help you out too much. It's just a matter of like, you know, you're an owner operator with a broker. It's a transactional nature. It's very rare for a carrier to take the time to develop them. And it can be really difficult because they have their own equipment and it's really hard to manage your own equipment without like the, you know, a nationwide uh, network of roadside people like large carriers have. Definitely a leader that also, I guess, is also looking for those that have that entrepreneurial spirit. So great to hear that she's investing and really genuinely caring about her uh, her folks on board there. Uh, when you're looking at the other parts of Loaded and Rolling, you also have the newsletter aspect of it as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the hiring trends that you're talking to? Definitely. One of the big ones is back office is still in demand. One of the funny things is uh, in trucking and logistics, the, you, you frequently mess it up. I'm a byproduct, by the way, of back office personnel decisions. When the pandemic hit, I got laid off 
I was working as an account executive at a brokerage, a large brokerage. And uh, ironically enough, in April, when I was laid off in April of 2020, by June and July, you can see it on the outbound tenders volumes and rejection rates, the market came back with a vengeance. The brokerage laid off an entire office. I lost my entire ops team in my own job. And right when you need them again, it's too late. And so, you know, it's one thing to point fingers and say bad brokerage, but it's so hard because as a carrier and a broker, when you look at these back office staff, you are making decisions in uncertainty. And so at the time, it felt like it wasn't going to come back up. And so one thing Ryan, Ryan Schreiber, uh, chief growth officer at Metaphora, in an interview uh, with Transport Topics, had a really great point, which is it's typically viewed as a cost center and that there's big lag time. And by the time that they hire for what they need, they're automatically having to adjust for the next reality. So moral of the story, it's still in demand because you need folks who process your payments. You need folks who dispatch trucks, tracking and tracing and roadside. And you can't just pull them off the street. It takes time to train them. Trucking and logistics is such a unique industry in that, you, you know, I if I hired someone from Morgan Stanley and financial services and I was at Bank of America, I can, I can probably get a one-to-one -one or I can hire someone off and I can put them through a process. But with trucking, you have all these additional hours of service requirements, uh, understanding the regulations, understanding bridge wall, understanding your weight limits, what's your gross you know, GWR, and how does that impact with certain states? California, you need to have your kingpin adjusted different than the rest of the country. All of this stuff takes time. And it, when you're learning operations, most of the time you're screwing it up. I've done it for over, good Lord, eight years now. And a lot of my experience was if then do this, and it's learned through trial and error. We're not very, we call it tribal knowledge in trucking and logistics because I can, I can send you through a small course as a broker or a carrier uh, operations person, but you're just not going to fully understand it. And so, you know, one thing I would say is that when you are doing this, even in a down market, hire the right people. If you need to be a little higher on headcount, but the quality of the work is good, Keep it there because the market's going to change. The freight moves in cycles. You know, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Great point there, especially the cycles that the freight market moves in. It always seems like a lot of folks are on the back foot when trying to make a decision for right now instead of thinking of the future. Also, in your newsletter, you talk about the EPA in a segment. Can you tell us about that? Fun times with the EPA. Uh, Biden administration, we've got phase three ruling and stuff. What it boils down to is the percentage of vehicles that we would want to be, uh, you know, zero carbon or away from the internal combustion engine. And so California is uh, working their way through stricter guidelines and higher percentages. And there's a concern amongst Congress and uh, uh, folks that the EPA will take the lead, which typically happens. California, uh, you know, carb and clean air requirements usually are the ones that are the trendsetters. And then the rest of the government bureaucracy will try and follow it. But, uh, you know, one of the big concerns is segmentation and cost. Average electric vehicles around like $400,000 right now and a, a new class eight can hover around 150. Right now, California helps with subsidies and states are subsidizing this, but there is a growing concern that how are you going to not only mandate this movement towards zero emissions vehicles, but how are you gonna pay for it unless if the subsidies in? Because that's like three, you know, if you're, if you're making it to where it costs the same, where's the extra money going? Right. Who's paying for the vehicle? Are we paying for the vehicle? Are they manufacturers? When you subsidize something, somebody is paying the cost, and so there is growing concern amongst trucking folks that uh, they're not taking that into account. Final thoughts as well, uh, conversations about the percentages and milestones, which people are saying they're getting more aggressive with the phase three ruling. They want more sooner. 
that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch because in the long haul trucking segment, I think electric vehicle adoption is going to be extremely difficult. But in short haul, you know, your class five, six, and sevens, your box trucks, your local delivery, your sprinter vans, that's probably going to work. I'm just doing local moves. I can charge it later, deal with that problem later. But for long haul, typically 500 miles per day is uh, you're not going to have the infrastructure. So keep an eye on that. A lot of discussion. Obviously, right now it's in the congressional haggling phase and everyone's trying to take positions. But I found it very fascinating because I think the biggest point of the conversation and the biggest thing to keep in back of mind is that we are moving towards this. But to the extent, who knows? Thomas, a wealth of knowledge as always. We're going to take a quick break, but before we do, when and where can people find Loaded and Rolling? Check it out, freightways.com slash Loaded and Rolling. I'm on Apple, I'm on Spotify. Newsletter Thursdays at 2, TV show Tuesdays at 1. Awesome, Thomas, thanks so much, and thank you all. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Freightways Now. Now. 